I'm Ash. And I'm Heather. Welcome, Welcome to Pisces, Pisces Rising. Go deep or go home. We're two astrologers who both have Pisces Rising in our charts, and we want to talk about astrology with you. All right, welcome to Pisces Rising. We are back. And today we're going to talk to you about the moon. We're going to go over the phases of the moon and signs of the moon. It's a very big astrological placement and very obvious. It's an easy way to learn the general concepts of the moon and how it affects the population as a whole and get a little tips on how it could affect you personally depending on where your moon is when we talk about the moon phase, you might notice that when we get to your moon sign, you're resonating with the information we give a little more than general. So going over the moon phases, when the moon starts its cycle, so the moon has a 28-day cycle, and it starts with the new moon. So that is when there is no light and this is a time of setting intention and really doing some shadow work, going inside yourself. The new moon happens when the sun and the moon are conjunct one another. Conjunct is when it's in the same sign. So for example, every time the sun goes into Pisces, the new moon is going to be in Pisces. Every time the sun is in Aries, the new moon will be in Aries. A conjunction just means that the inner and the outer work together well. So the moon is kind of our more emotional, hidden self, the, the world that's within ourselves, whereas the sun is more what we present outwardly. So when you, when the sun and the moon are in the same sign, the inner and the outer tend to match. There is a powerful energy that happens there for manifesting, for figuring out what it is you want, finding clarity for those things. Less conflict too, because the moon also represents the subconscious. So when your sun and your moon are in different places, it can create a conflict in that and make it a little bit harder to see the subconscious. But when you think and feel similarly, it makes it a little less difficult to understand who you are. So then we have the waxing crescent phase of the moon, and this is when there is a little sliver of a crescent moon, and we're moving toward the full moon, so the light is increasing every day during this phase. And this is a kind of a yin phase. There's a lot of planning, there's initiating happening, there's a little more outward activity going on during this time, but still, you know, you've planted the seed during the new moon of what you're hoping to manifest. Or back in the day, farmers did use the moon cycle for planting. So this is, can also be a very literal metaphor as well. But during this time, you have to wait for the sprout to grow. You can't force a plant to grow. You can't force something to manifest. So you do have to just kind of sit back and allow things to take their course during this waxing crescent phase. The more light that is revealed too, the more the seed will sprout above the surface heading towards the light. So this is when the sun and moon are in sextile with one another. So this is a harmonious aspect overall. Yeah, flowing, sweet, gentle, 
Not super obvious, but not frustrating. Then we move into the first quarter, and this is when the moon is half illuminated. So when you look up in the sky, you see half of the moon. And this is when the sun and the moon are squaring one another. So there's a bit of a tension here. There's a nervous energy. There's the anticipation that you need to start planning for when the flowering happens, when the, the harvest happens. You're getting... Yeah. Weeds. It's getting yeah. challenging. Yeah, you're getting weeds. That's a great, great analogy. Now you have to start to take action. You have to begin weeding the garden. You have to begin dealing with the problems that crop up and that arise during this time. Making sure more of the energy goes to the important parts by solving and resolving the things that are potentially getting in the way. And I also want to add that with squares, they sometimes feel harsh, but handling them gently is very helpful in easing the tension and not creating more momentum for you to feel the tension that the square brings. So squares tend to be a little bit harsh and frustrating and then reacting to that just creates more momentum. But as the moon moves quick through things, you want to focus quick on the garden and what's coming up. So it's like a very intuitive art and paying attention to your emotions and paying attention to what you're growing. And then we move into the waxing gibbous phase. And this is when the moon is three quarters illuminated. So it's almost full. It's approaching fullness. And this is when the sun and the moon are trining one another, meaning they're both in the same element. This is harmonious, it's stable. What a trine visually looks like is a pyramid. It's a triangle connecting to the heavens, connecting to the element very strongly. So this also creates a flow and a softness and ideally an action. Yeah, so this is so this is an easeful connection between the sun and the moon, and this is a good time in the moon phase for learning new skills that are going to help you out when the harvest comes, and working on relationships, connecting with other people. Like Traditionally, this is the time probably when the farmers would find buyers for their crops, things like that. You're starting to reach out, figure out the next steps, but it's a little bit less tense. The weeds have been dealt with, and now you're just figuring out the next step. The emotions are in harmony with the mind with this moon phase. Yes, the sun and the moon, the outer and the inner both want the same thing ultimately. So then we are at the full moon stage and this is when the moon is entirely illuminated and the sun and the moon are in opposition at this time. I feel like you hear people say things like Oh, they're acting loony. Like th that comes from the full moon, like lunar and working in an emergency <laughs> room during the full moon is quite obvious. You hear a lot of people talking about that. And even statistically, they have other they have extra people in the ER or a specific units of the hospital when the moon is full because there is a lot more clientele or a lot more expansive negative and positive things that happen during the full moon. Right. The full moon isn't necessarily bad. It's very powerful. There's a lot that can happen during this time, but 
What this means is that the sun and the moon are in opposite signs. So if you were to look at a zodiac chart wheel, let's say the sun's in Pisces, then when the moon is full, it would be in the sign of Virgo, which is six signs away from Pisces. So what you have is you have a pair of opposites. And so the energy shifts back and forth rapidly between them. And so that can create some emotional tension. It can create duality. Yeah, it's a polarization for sure. And also with that moon full casting all that light, the subconscious is essentially revealed and the sun is going to express that energy that sometimes normally wants to be private. So the more light the moon casts, the more it brings out emotions. So if you're in a place where you're not ready for that, you're gonna feel maybe like you have a little less control of what you're exposing. And it's technically only full for, I don't know, 10, 20 minutes, however long. The moon essentially is moving one through 30 degrees each like two, and, two a and a half days. Yeah. yeah. So it is full for that three day period and it builds, but most likely I want to experiment and see, but most likely the PowerPoint on if anything super crazy is going to happen, it's probably going to happen during that 10 or 20 minutes that the signs are in direct polarization of each other. So this is the time when the crops are starting to flower. There, there's a release that happens here. The thing that you were working toward manifesting is now here. And so this can bring growth and success, but it can also bring some tension because now suddenly you have to deal with all these crops that have come up. And if you haven't done the work to prepare for that, that can feel like a lot. And so people that are born on the full moon, they tend to have almost two sides to them. So they can oscillate back and forth between the sun and moon signs. So that brings us to the waning gibbous, also called the disseminating moon. And this is when we're moving back toward the new moon. So we're losing light. The moon is three quarters full, but it's waning toward darkness. And so the sun is trying the moon, but we're moving toward the darkness again. This is a time of receiving, of sharing, communication. So then we have the last quarter, which is when the moon is half full. So if you remember from the first quarter, this is when the sun is squaring the moon, but at this point we're waning, we're moving toward darkness. This is a time of cultivating, of reevaluating, transforming, discarding, getting ready for the new cycle, which is going to be coming soon. It's weeding again. It is weeding. It's back to that. It's another sun-moon square. Would you refer to the square as yang when the moon is... Yeah. Because squares bring about action, so that's yang. There's a lot of energy, a lot of need to do something, anything. That's why I think squares, so much there's the need to solve. If you have any squares in your chart, those are the areas where you're going to really desire movement and action. Then that brings us to the last phase, which is the waning crescent. It's also called the balsamic moon. And so this is when we have the sun sextiling the moon again with the crescent thumbnail moon, but again, we're waning, we're moving toward darkness. Every moment it's getting darker. So this is a time of retreat, dormancy, closure, completion, a karmic cycle ending. Moving toward the new moon, you're getting ready to enter the new cycle. For the moon phases, 
you can take notice of them each month as the moon moves through from new to full, but you can also see it in your birth chart depending on what phase the moon was in when you were born. And you can check this out. There's a few websites online that can show you what phase the moon was in when you were born. But now we're going to discuss the signs of the moon and as the moon moves through the zodiac, what that means for us as a collective, as the moon moves throughout each sign of the zodiac, but also what it means when your natal moon is in a certain sign. We're going to kick it off starting with Aries, first sign of the zodiac. When the moon is in Aries, you have this watery, luminescent, feminine moon and a very fiery, pioneering, antsy sign. So you might find people are really friendly, it's really easy to start conversation, it's easier to express yourself emotionally, you notice other people expressing themselves emotionally, there's less consequence when... One of the things that I find basically that the moon carries is guilt. It is one of those light bodies that makes you question your guilt. When the moon's in Aries, it's just off to the next thing. So something that you would normally ponder and feel guilty about, you're just not going to take the time to care. Aries just wants to feel good, and the moon just wants to feel. Aries doesn't like pain, so there's a tendency to skip over the pain when the moon is in Aries and just jump to the next thing. Have that fire shine through that light and that water being and just bringing a bunch of rapid action. You don't really have to read between the lines when the moon is in Aries. There's a relief to it. Yeah, there's an impulsiveness that happens. I find people with their natal moon in Aries tend to be a little bit more impulsive. They're very direct about how they're feeling. They're going to say what's bothering them. They might be very blunt, very to the point, and for those who maybe have more sensitive placements for their moon sign, they can take offense easily, but Aries just wants to be honest. They want to get it over with. Like you said, they want to get back to feeling good. So they just kind of want to deal with stuff as it comes up. There's a lot of comedians with the moon in Aries bringing that sarcasm to the emotions just to get over it mm -hmm. is another thing that I look at as a quality of that moon sign. Yeah, it's a little bit more lighthearted, but it's also very physical. It's action-oriented. It is moving toward the next thing. So the moon is considered exalted in the sign of Taurus, which means that it's at home there, it is able to be its full moon self in Taurus. <laughs> so when the moon is in Taurus, we may find that we're more focused on maybe being at home, being comfortable. Creative, colorful, it's a very textured moon. If you think of Taurus being ruled by Venus, and then the moon and Venus, this is romantic, it's harmonious. You might want to stay home and eat good food, be around colorful spices, watch TV, have romance with your lover, light candles. Basically, you'll probably want to pig out on your favorite foods, take baths. It's a relaxing placement as well. Artistic, it brings a lot of creativity. And, and functional creativity. The Taurus moon is not super lazy by any means. No. People with their moon in Taurus, maybe they move at possibly a slower pace just because they like to 
be sure of something. If they're going to put the energy and the effort into it, they want to make sure it's something they feel good about. They are very sensual people. They enjoy like pleasures of the senses, but they can also be a little stubborn. It might take them a while to change their viewpoints on certain things. They're emotionally cautious. They're slow to trust. Mm -hmm. You have to earn with them. They like perfection. Moon and Taurians, and when the moon is in Taurus, it is harmonious there for sure, but it also wants to feel good, different than the Aries. The Aries wants to avoid feeling bad. Taurus moons want to feel good. They want to feel pleasure. So during the time of a Taurus moon, I notice at the shop with a Taurus moon, people come in and buy beautiful stones all the time. Spending money is another Taurus moon thing to mm. satisfy the emotions. What is going to make me feel better? So in a way, there's not an attention to feeling bad and that bad feelings could get denied and not looked at, but there is a self-soothing harmony peace that is seeked out when the moon is in Taurus. So then when the moon is in Gemini, it's a very different feeling. There's a lot more communication happening, and you may notice that people are very willing and ready to just share whatever's on their mind. You referred to it as random monologuing the other yes. day, and I thought that was the most fitting thing, and it made me laugh so hard, because the moon is kind of confusing. The moon could represent confusion for sure. And Geminis, they don't necessarily like confusion or mean to be confusion. So I almost think it's an uncomfortable place for the moon to be because Geminis just want knowledge and information and fact, not so much emotion and not to feel. So the way to let that go is to express it. And essentially when the moon is in Gemini, it's like a download of the information you're experiencing at the time, whether that's information about the person's body or what they're going through. There's dramatic changes that happen with it within sentences and there is confusion that also happens but it moves so quickly that by the time the moon goes into Cancer you're pretty much over the Gemini moon. A lot of change can take place when the moon's in Gemini and people that have their natal moon in Gemini probably change a lot. They, unlike people with their moon in Taurus, they change their minds regularly. They can change their mind within sentences, like you said. They can be in the middle of a conversation and decide, oh, actually, I don't feel that way anymore. And random monologuing, I just mean that I, I tend to notice that people just want to tell you stories when the moon is in Gemini, and they're not necessarily emotional stories. They're usually kind of off the wall in some way, and they don't necessarily want a response. They just want to share. There could be even a not listening to a response, too. It really isn't about response or being received. It's just about the external release of what the body and mind are going through at the time. Um, the other thing, too, with the mind changing, you will notice a lot, I quit coffee, I quit alcohol, and then the next day it's like back on. There's extremes with a Gemini moon. It's a good time to shake things up when the moon's in Gemini. If you're looking to make a change, it's a good time to do it because things will move a little bit easier, but you may not make lasting changes during that time. 
as a whole, the moon moves so rapidly, the impact of the moon could be very lasting because it does affect the emotions, but the transits and the moon phases are always so quick. So any experience that you notice with the moon is not going to last very long because it's in another sign every two and a half to three days. Yeah, exactly. The moon is our fastest moving planetary body for sure. So this all happens very fast and so it can bring stress and intense emotions, but like Heather said, it's over as soon as you really notice it, unless you have your own natal moon that is interacting with other planets. Or if you have a moon in Cancer. Yeah, which Heather <laughs> has a moon in Cancer. Do you want to talk about that? I do. Um, my moon in Cancer is sometimes my enemy until I have a friend point out to me qualities of it. or negative things about it. That's the other thing about the moon, that subconscious energy, is it's hard for the individual to see, especially when it's in a water sign. The moon rules cancer, so when the moon is in cancer, it's almost too much moon energy. It's very, very feminine, it's very tender, it's very nurturing, it's very motherly, but it also wants to protect so bad that when it's overstimulated or there's a lot of things going on that occupy or violate the senses like really loud noise or extreme light or movement or chaos, the Cancer Moon will want to retreat and go inward or dealing with intense emotions and there's a sense of avoidance to it. There's a sense of I'm gonna deal with this later or I might not see it. The Moon almost hides from itself when it's in Cancer even though it's in its domicile, yes. Yep. So when that energy is just sometimes too much, even though they get along and it makes sense, it's a lot of water energy. And literally, out of all the moons, I believe that people who have cancer moons and Pisces and Scorpios, people who have water sign moons, are physically the most affected by the moon phases. There's an intensity there where you could almost feel the shift because water signs tend to be in their emotions so much and the moon is closest to us as a light body that we feel that pull being connected with the ocean and being connected to the moon and the water in our bodies are just like flapping all around and absorbing the energy of the constellation that the moon is in. So the moon in Cancer, yes, is a harmonious place for sure, but it's also going to bring out all the most intense parts that the moon can bring. Okay, so then we have the moon in Leo, which is a much more playful position, I guess you could say. It's dramatic, it's fun, it it's childlike in some ways. Leo is the sign most associated with children and animals. There's like a playfulness that comes out when the moon is in Leo. You may find that you enjoy going to see a show or going on a random adventure, hanging out with children. That's sort of the energy of Leo. But there's also the other side of Leo moon is desire for attention and wanting to be validated in some ways. 
when Leo moons get emotional, it is very obvious. It might be hidden from the individual with the Leo moon, but it comes out because there's not repression of emotion when you have that fire going through that water. You kind of can't keep it boiled down. It's like the fire in the water hit and it's like bubbling up. Like when the tea kettle starts to go off, it's like the, the fire and water combining. And so Leo Moon is going to be kind of showy about their emotions. They're going to be a little dramatic at times and they can channel this through creativity. A lot of people with Leo Moons tend to be creative. There's probably a lot of actors and actresses with Leo Moons and people that are making a living out of channeling their emotions into characters, into art. Not really being embarrassed, being expressive, just really wanting to show. They're very passionate too. Mm -hmm. That's another thing to be mentioned. The passion and the romance. Leo Moons will put you on a pedestal if they like you. They will worship you and compliment you and make you feel really good about yourself. And that's what they want in return. Yeah, they treat you the way that they hope you'll treat them. And Leo being ruled by the sun, so you get the sun and the moon together, you almost have that full moon dynamic there. There's a little bit of a duality that comes out with the Leo moon. So then we have the moon in Virgo. Da, da, da. <laughs> so this is kind of a an interesting placement for the moon, because Virgo is so mental and the moon is so emotional. And skeptical. And the moon is not skeptical at all. It's elusive. Yeah, I feel like it's a little bit of a challenging placement for the moon. People with their moon in Virgo might tend to intellectualize their emotions. They might think them through in a rational way more than just letting them flow. The overcast, though, of the moon in Virgo, generally for everyone, there's a sense of normalcy and grounding and you might not notice crazy things happening when the moon is in Virgo. So that's a plus for sure. It is a plus, and I think that people with their moon in Virgo are very dependable, they're very steady, they're loyal to things they believe in. Calculated, diligent, for sure. Intelligent, organized, all of which is helpful. They tend to not be swayed by their emotions, which can be useful for sure. What I find that's maybe problematic is the moon is Virgo, in Virgo is good for everyone as a whole. It brings that balance. But having a moon in Virgo sometimes means that the emotions come later in life because you constantly try to rationalize and intellectualize and put them on hold. And then as you age and you want to feel, it's harder to pay attention to your emotions and understand your caring ability. They're all about helping. It's almost medical or clinical. Yeah, this could be a good placement for a doctor or somebody who needs to use their their emotional desire to help people in a yeah, a clinical way. Like so they have to remember all this medical terminology. They have to remember all their schooling, but they also have to be compassionate and help people. It's a very good profession for somebody whose mood is in Virgo. Attention to detail. Memorizing the attention to detail. That's a great example to the research, the memorization of it, being able to gather the facts. Information and knowledge, I believe, is taken in easier with a Virgo moon. When the moon is in Virgo, you 
may find that you could benefit more from studying or getting organized, this is a good time to pay attention to those little details rather than big picture work. Moon and Libra. I have a hard time understanding this one. It is an easier moon to have from what I understand, even though it's an air sign, it is in harmony with that Venus and Taurus energy of love. Mm -hmm. Libras are also ruled by Venus, so that love and romance is also there. But to me, it's more like a love for information, like, oh, I want to learn, or I want to be taken care of, or I want this to happen for me, as opposed to this deep emotional, unconditional love you would think of from a partnership scale. Although Libras are super into partnership, but it's more cerebral and intellectual and philosophical. Yeah, I mean, Libra's an air sign. So when I think of the moon in Libra, this is a time for socializing. It's a time for connecting with other people, but not necessarily in a deep emotional way, like you were saying. It's more of a catching up. Like, I haven't seen these friends in a while. The moon's in Libra. That's a great time to go do that. It's a good time to connect with partners, to work with other people. There's a lot of collaboration and cooperation. I feel like people with their moon in Libra tend to be generally pleasant. They are peacemakers. Libras don't really like to rock the, the boat too much in that way. So having your moon in Libra, you really hate conflict, I would imagine. There'd be a desire for balance and the emotional realm. So if something's off, it's going to feel really off and you're going to want to work to fix it, maybe through distracting yourself by spending time with your significant other or a friend. You're going to use other people to help you to balance those emotional feelings. Yeah, that's good. That gives me a better understanding of it too. And it is like feeling your emotions and rationalizing them. There's a little bit of both. I would also say that Libra moon is party time. Yeah, that's a very social placement for the moon. They are going to enjoy being a little more extroverted. I feel like they learn about themselves through their interactions with other people more than they do from quiet time spent. Yeah, reflect, yeah. project, for sure. It's very much a Libra moon. So when the moon is in Scorpio, this is a really emotionally intense time, but it's also a very intuitive time, a time to really explore the mysteries of the world, of yourself, of your emotional realm. This is a good time for doing dream work and meditation. It's a good time for intimacy and shadow work. I feel like people with a Scorpio moon really keep things private because they feel so emotionally intense that they don't express. I love the Scorpio moon and people with Scorpio moons because I find them very resilient and Scorpio and the moon have much in common. They're both very passionate, they're very transformative, they're very much about change. Even though Scorpio is a fixed sign, it's still water. It still works and strives to be better, to feel better, to live better through hard dynamics and hard things that create such resistance. They work through it. Scorpios have to deal a lot with death and transformation and transition. And when the moon is in Scorpio, it makes that Scorpio energy flow 
even a little bit more than the sun. However, I would also say it's definitely not as confident as the sun and it takes a lot longer for a Scorpio moon to potentially come into their confidence because they get stuck in the shadow work. Right. It's a raw placement for the moon. I feel like those with Scorpio moons tend to feel everything very intensely. It's like a raw nerve. And so they're not always going to be vocal about it. Like you said, Scorpio is a very private sign. They're hidden. They're all about what lies below the surface. So they are very loyal to those they trust. And so if they have a good support system, they might be able to process this a little bit easier. But if they tend to be more of a loner, they may bottle up those feelings so much that it can cause almost physical tension for them. They also like to have control too, which I think is where some of the not sharing comes in. They're good at, I don't want to say compartmentalizing their emotion, but they don't quite ignore their emotion. They don't ignore their emotion at all. Yeah, they suffer quietly. Moon in Sagittarius. I have my moon in Sagittarius. Yay. Uh, I love having my moon in Sagittarius. I feel like it, it makes things lighter. I tend to always want to look on the brighter side. I feel things for sure, but I, I want to learn about them. I tend to seek out different ways of understanding what's happening to me. So Sagittarius is kind of a philosophical sign. So I tend to like to talk to other people about what's happened to them. I like to learn in that way. But I also try to keep things bright. I try to move through my feelings a little bit faster than some other signs. So I tend to feel things intensely and then just kind of move through them as fast as I can because I don't like to get stuck in negativity if I can help it. Joy. Yep. Sagittarius moons have joy. And they are lighthearted and definitely don't like to get stuck in negativity. And sometimes that they ignore or just, they don't focus on the negative. And that's really helpful when it comes to getting something done. Not focusing on the negative, not focusing on criticism. Sagittarians are ruled by Jupiter, so the joy that Jupiter brings that just radiates through the moon has this lovely light that's super lighthearted and super spontaneous and fun to be around. They don't do conflict really well. Sometimes they settle for things or move on for things because they don't want to do the conflict and they don't want to experience the tension of having to work through something. So they tend to be super independent and they don't take things personally, which is the biggest blessing. I feel like it only gets me in trouble when I kind of compartmentalize my feelings because it, it makes you look on the bright side, but it doesn't make problems go away. So when, if your moon's in Sagittarius, you, that your problems might catch up to you if you don't deal with them. I definitely dealt with that a lot when I was younger, more so now. Now I feel like I can deal with them. I just need to keep it fun. And I noticed that's something about myself. I like to, when I have work to do, I turn it into a game for myself or I like offer myself rewards for getting work done. I feel like that's a very Sagittarian thing. Like I need to make it playful and fun. And I noticed when the moon's in Sagittarius, people seem to be in a better mood. 100%. People aren't going to get real dark or in their feelings when the, the moon's in Sagittarius. It's usually light. It's playful. It's a good time to take a trip. So then when the moon is in Capricorn, this is a little bit more of a controlled energy. 
there's it's a great time for getting stuff done for just tackling things that need to be taken care of capricorn is the goat in the archetypal zodiac and so the goat just wants to climb the mountain when the moon's in Capricorn, we really feel a need to take care of the stuff that's built up, what you may have been ignoring while the moon was in Sagittarius. Yeah, it's very focused. And it's not as mental as Virgo. It's more about, let's get this goal done. I want to do this so I can then relax. I want to do this so then I can feel. It does compartmentalize emotions a little bit and tries to do the task at hand, maybe specific to a goal. And people whose natal moons are in Capricorn, these tend to be very responsible people, people that are likely responsible from a young age. I always say Capricorns age in reverse. They tend to be very serious and somber as children, and they have to learn how to let go and allow themselves to have a little bit more movement and fun as they age. And so with the moon, we see that in the emotional spectrum. They might have to learn how to let themselves feel to a certain extent. They're the bosses of the zodiac, too. So they might tell you how they think you should feel. There's a sense of diplomatic. It's, it's not harsh. It's almost like matter-of-fact and regular when they tell you, like, why aren't you stepping up to the plate and just doing this job that I asked you? It's important and everybody needs it. They're definitely inner critics, but they also know how to talk to people. Yeah, they're not going to guilt trip you. They're just going to tell you when they want something done. They're gonna. They're not going to be passive aggressive about it. They're just. They're very direct. So the moon in Capricorn is going to be direct. If they're feeling something really intensely, then they might just tell you straight up how you're making them feel, or they might just push through it and do their work anyway, depending. Moon in Aquarius, very dry. Not very emotional, but imaginative, which is a really interesting combination to not be emotional, but be able to see the big picture and be imaginative in almost more of a transcendental way and seeing a bigger view of what maybe all of society needs. This is where you're going to see your conspiracy theories, but it's also where you're going to see things be restructured and revolutionized. People with their moon in Aquarius tend to be very forward-thinking. They want to make a difference. They want to change things on a larger scale, not necessarily in an emotional way, but in a way that allows for more freedom, more creativity. They tend to be a little bit eccentric in some ways. They could be a little bit bohemian, untraditional, and freedom is really important to those with their moon in Aquarius. And you may notice when the moon is in Aquarius, it may be hard to stick to a routine. If you have to go to a job for a certain amount of time, it might feel a little stressful. You may just want a little bit more freedom during those time periods. Yeah, it will make you a little bit restless if you can't be outside playing and expressing and being free. Freedom is a key word for a moon in Aquarius. Emotional freedom, too. Slow to commit. Yeah. I was wondering, too, do you think moon in Aquarians maybe don't like monogamy? Generally speaking, I would say that that's probably accurate. They need to feel more free in their monogamous relationship than they could alone or else they'd rather be alone. Yeah. That brings us to Moon in Pisces, which is a very tender, gentle placement for the moon to be in. Very intuitive. You might notice lots of synchronicities, thinking about somebody, having them appear. I feel like there's 
more of a connection in the collective unconscious when the moon's in Pisces. Like you said, like dreams are important. You might, yeah, be thinking of someone and suddenly they call you out of the blue or message you and you may find that your intuition is heightened during this time. Crying. Oh. Publicly crying, extreme sensitivity. Empathy for other people. You might just be unsure whether you're feeling your own emotions or your friends or the random stranger on the street. But it's also the time to feel unconditional love and put yourself in somebody's shoes and understand when they're coming from. So there's a fine line between intuition and delusion sometimes. So if you trust your intuition and it's in a good place, a lot of the times the Pisces moon will bring revelations and allow things to be really clear about where you need to go if you trust your intuition. Then you're going to trust how you feel, you're going to trust your senses, you're going to trust how to move forward. If you don't, there could be so much second guessing, so much taking things personally, so much taking things the wrong way. For example, somebody in the grocery store line could look at you funny and you could burst into tears and they might have just been staring past you at Star Magazine. Right. <laughs> yeah, so when the moon's in Pisces, you may notice that you tend to be a little more reactive, a little more sensitive, but you might find that those things that you're holding on to during that time just kind of wash away once the moon enters Aries again. It, unless you're being triggered natally in some way. So the moon, again, very important, is the closest light body to us. And it is going to be very prominent in our chart and very obvious. So when you go home, if you don't know where your moon is and you look up your moon, you want to think about your emotions and how you are as a feeler. And we have big, huge charts. Not everything is going to be right and accurate. You have to put it together and put it together slowly because we're so faceted. But the moon is really one of the most prominent things. Our emotions are powerful. They're strong. They guide us. They're not sometimes what we want to see but really it's what we should look at. So allow the moon to be the power in your chart and allow those emotions to guide you without suppressing them. Because if you suppress the moon, they're gonna get expressed when the sun opposes your moon. Yeah, and then it's gonna be a lot more intense. I read an interesting theory that children are more like their moon sign, and as they age, they become more like their sun sign as their ego personality is developed. And that's just something interesting to think about, because the moon is kind of who you are when no one's looking, almost. The other thing, too, is in relationships, you can get through to your partner knowing where their moon is. Something that I've noticed when reading charts is women are more like the moon, and men are more like the sun in their charts is the moon is more emotional and feminine, and the sun is masculine and active. So we'd love to hear, if you know your sun and moon sign, let us know if there's one you relate to more. Eventually we're gonna get to your charts, we're gonna take charts, be answering questions on charts too. Yeah. So you can begin to send us those in, we can't guarantee you we're gonna pick your chart, but 
gonna keep people listening and answer your questions. We wanna know what you wanna hear. Yeah, tell us your favorite celebrity or send us your birth data and we might pick an aspect from your chart or from your favorite celebrity's chart to talk about. We are excited to continue talking astrology with you. Thanks for listening to Pisces Rising. If you have an astrology question you'd like us to discuss on the podcast, you can email us at PiscesRisingPodcast at gmail.com. Find us on Instagram at, at PiscesRisingPodcast or like us on Facebook. You can visit StonesAndStuff.com, that's S-T-O-N-E-S-A-N-D-S-T-U-F-F.com for info on booking an astrology reading. Have a magical day.